Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of vitamin D from the endocrine section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a brief introduction. Calcium homeostasis is controlled by a combination of the vitamin D pathway and the parathyroid hormone pathway. In this topic, we'll be discussing the vitamin D pathway along with clinical conditions that are relevant to the vitamin D pathway. Let's start with synthesis of vitamin D. Vitamin D3 is synthesized in the skin from sun exposure. Vitamin D2 is ingested from plants in the diet. Both of these are pre-hormones that must be converted in two steps. Step 1 involves the 25-hydroxylation in the liver, and step 2 involves the 1-hydroxylation in the peritubular capillaries of the kidney. Note that only 1,25-OH2 is the vitamin D in its active form. 24 and 25-OH2 are vitamin D in its inactive form. Let's now talk about the function of vitamin D. Vitamin D increases serum calcium and phosphate via increasing the absorption of calcium and phosphate from the intestine. It also increases bone resorption of calcium and phosphate. Recall that PTH functions to increase serum calcium but to decrease serum phosphate. Let's now discuss the regulation of vitamin D. PTH or parathyroid hormone stimulates 125-OH2 vitamin D production. Note that hypocalcemia and hypophosphatemia also stimulates the production of 125-OH2 vitamin D. 125-OH2 vitamin D has a negative feedback mechanism on itself. In terms of pathology, the main pathological conditions that are associated with vitamin D deficiency would be rickets and osteomalacia. Other clinical conditions relevant to vitamin D would be hypoparathyroidism, hyperparathyroidism, and rickets. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 72-year-old woman presents to the emergency department after she broke her wrist during a fall from standing height. On presentation, she says that she has gained a lot of weight since her husband died six months ago because she is eating junk food. She also describes experiencing pain in her bones, but says she thinks it's because of the increased weight. Her past medical history is significant for scoliosis in childhood, as well as a 30-pack year history of smoking. Family history reveals two cousins who died in childhood due to fractures and frequent infections. Laboratory testing is obtained with the following results. Calcium is 7.2 mg per deciliter. Phosphorus is 2.5 mg per deciliter and alkaline phosphatase is 91 units per liter. Which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's symptoms? 1. Abnormal bone mineralization. 2. Carbonic anhydrase deficiency. 3. Decreased volume of normal bone. 4. Increased osteoclast activity. Or 5. Upregulation of phosphate reabsorption. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, abnormal bone mineralization. This patient who presents with bone pain and a fracture associated with poor dietary intake, decreased calcium, decreased phosphate, and increased alkaline phosphatase most likely has osteomalacia, which is caused by decreased vitamin D levels associated with abnormal bone mineralization. Remember, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin that increases the absorption of calcium and phosphate in the intestines. It can be ingested as part of the diet or synthesized in the skin upon exposure to sunlight. However, it must be hydroxylated sequentially by the liver in the 25 position and the kidney in the 1 position before it exerts its physiologic effect. 
Decreased vitamin D levels lead to osteomalacia in adults and rickets in children due to defective mineralization of osteoid. This will present with bone pain and fractures as well as additional findings of bowed legs and kyphosis in children. Vitamin D deficiency will have decreased calcium, decreased phosphate, and increased alkaline phosphatase levels. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, carbonic anhydrase deficiency, is consistent with the pathogenesis of osteopetrosis. However, this disease would present in childhood with multiple long bone fractures and pancytopenia due to encroachment of bone into the medullary space. Answer choice 3, decreased volume of normal bone is consistent with the pathogenesis of osteoporosis, which may also present with fragility fractures. However, serum levels of calcium, phosphate, and alkaline phosphatase would be normal in these patients since the disease is caused by decreased bone quantity with no change in quality. Answer choice 4, increased osteoclast activity is consistent with the pathogenesis of Paget disease of the bone, which can also present with an elevation in alkaline phosphatase. However, this disease would also have increased head circumference, increased hand and foot size, and high output heart failure in late stages. And finally, answer choice 5, upregulation of phosphate reabsorption is consistent with the pathogenesis of osteitis fibrosa cystica, which can also present predominantly with bone pain. However, this disease would have calcium and phosphate levels that go in opposite directions rather than both decreasing. In summary, vitamin D must be activated by hydroxylation in the kidney, and deficiency of this factor leads to osteomalacia and rickets. Next question, an investigator is studying vitamin D metabolism in mice. He induces a gene mutation that interferes with the function of an enzyme in the renal proximal tubules that is required for vitamin D activation. He then measures serum levels of various metabolites, production of which of the following will be impaired in this mouse. 1. Ergocalciferol 2. 25-hydroxyvitamin D 3. Colacalciferol 4. 125-hydroxyvitamin D or 5. 7-dehydrocholesterol. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, 125-hydroxyvitamin D. Vitamin D is converted from 25-hydroxyvitamin D to its active form 125-hydroxyvitamin D in the kidney. A mutation affecting this process would lead to decreased amounts of 125-hydroxyvitamin D. Remember, vitamin D is an important vitamin that increases serum calcium and phosphate levels by increasing their absorption in the intestine and increasing bone resorption. There are three main steps in vitamin D synthesis. First, ultraviolet light converts 7-dehydrocholesterol to colacalciferol or D3 in the skin. This is then converted by 25-hydroxylase to 25-hydroxyvitamin D in the liver. 25-hydroxyvitamin D is subsequently converted to its active form, 125-hydroxyvitamin D, by 1-alpha-hydroxylase in the proximal tubules of the kidney. Ergocalciferol, or D2, is a form of dietary vitamin D that is similar to colacalciferol and can undergo the same activation process in the liver and kidney. 24-hydroxylation is a separate step that occurs in target tissues to inactivate active vitamin D into 24-25-hydroxyvitamin D. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, ergocalciferol is a source of dietary vitamin D that can undergo a similar activation process to colacalciferol. It is upstream of 1-alpha-hydroxylation in the kidney. 
Answer choice two, 25-hydroxyvitamin D is formed by 25-hydroxylation of cholecalciferol in the liver. It is immediately upstream of 1-alpha-hydroxylation in the kidney. Answer choice three, cholecalciferol is synthesized in the skin when ultraviolet light induces a photolytic and conformational change in 7-D-hydrocholesterol. It is upstream of 1-alpha-hydroxylation in the kidney. And finally, answer choice 5, 7-D-hydrocholesterol is a normal cholesterol compound that is found in the skin. Ultraviolet rays can induce a photolytic and conformational change in 7-D-hydrocholesterol to cholecalciferol. This process is upstream of 1-alpha-hydroxylation in the kidney. In summary, vitamin D from the diet or skin undergoes multiple steps in order to convert into its active form. These steps include 25-hydroxylation in the liver followed by 1-alpha-hydroxylation in the kidney. Next question. The human body obtains vitamin D either from diet or from sun exposure. Darker-skinned individuals require more sunlight to create adequate vitamin D stores as the increased melanin in their skin acts as sunscreen, thus it blocks the necessary UV required for vitamin D synthesis. Therefore, if these individuals spend inadequate time in the light, dietary sources of vitamin D are necessary. Which of the following requires sunlight for its formation? 1. 7-D-hydrocholesterol 2. Cholecalciferol or D3 3. 25-hydroxyvitamin D 4. 1-25-dihydroxyvitamin D or 5. Ergocalciferol or D2 And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2, cholecalciferol or D3. The conversion of 7-D-hydrocholesterol to cholecalciferol requires sunlight. Remember, the complete synthesis of vitamin D in the body first begins with 7-D-hydrocholesterol in the skin. With exposure to UV light, it is converted to cholecalciferol or D3. This is then converted by 25-hydroxylase in the liver to 25-hydroxyvitamin D. 25-hydroxyvitamin D is then converted to 125-dihydroxyvitamin D, the active form of vitamin D, by 1-alpha-hydroxylase in the kidney. Without sunlight, active vitamin D cannot be produced. Other sources of vitamin D include ergocalciferol or D2, which can be converted to 25-hydroxyvitamin D by 25-hydroxylase in the liver. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. The first citation, by Bordelon et al., discuss vitamin D deficiency. Symptoms include lower back pain, muscle aches, proximal muscle weakness, and bone pain. If vitamin D deficiency is detected, serum levels of 25-hydroxyvitamin D should be measured. If levels are lower than 20 to 30 nanograms per milliliter, then a diagnosis of vitamin D deficiency is made. Treatment should consist of bringing vitamin D levels back up to normal. Treatment includes oral 50,000 international units of vitamin D2 each week for 8 weeks, then a maintenance dose of 800 to 1,000 international units per day. The next citation, by Ross et al., discussed the dietary sources of vitamin D. Natural sources include fatty fish, oil, and egg yolk. Artificial sources of vitamin D include foods that are fortified with vitamin D, such as milk, which is fortified with 400 international units per quart. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choices 1, 3, 4, and 5 are incorrect because these forms of vitamin D do not require sunlight for their production. And that's all for this review about vitamin D. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. 
keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.